0: listening to the omega church sermon of the week be sure to subscribe to this channel to stay up to date with our latest teachings and feel free to reach out to us via our facebook page or website as you listen to this message we pray god will reveal himself to you in a fresh way praise the lord hallelujah the kingdom, the kingdom of God is here. One more time, kingdom of, the kingdom of God is here. So today we are going to focus on John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. Um, on the last and the greatest day of the feast. You now what is Jesus referring to when he says the on the last day of the feast? Usually this is. Uh, these words w- have been spoken by our Lord in Jerusalem at the temple. They have a festival called Festival of Tabernacles. They celebrate it for seven days. On the eighth day, they do no work. It will be a great assembly. They come together, offer sacrifices, and then rejoice, and worship God, and praise God, and spend time with God. This is all they do. And in doing the seven days of tabernacle feast, feast what they do is they will put up small Uh, tabernacle, I mean, uh, it's called Sukkot. Sukkot is like small tents. They use only natural things like branches and leaves and then try to make small huts and they live in it, they eat under it and they don't go out and eat. They will eat inside the Sukkot. That is how they celebrate seven days. This is to remember that God delivered them from Egypt and brought them out, led them through the uh, wilderness for 40 years and then brought them into the promised land of Canaan to remember the deliverance of God. They celebrate this festival every year after year after year. And Jesus, on the last day of the feast, that is it can be seventh day or it can be eighth day. We do not know which day it is referring to. If it is the seventh day, it's still, what they do during the seven days is they go to a pool called Siloam. From Siloam, they uh, bring water in golden pitchers, carry it and through the streets, and c- bring into the temple and in the temple they'll pour it out there before god That's, that is to remember how god provided water in the wilderness now where did god do this sorry oh yeah sorry before uh, we will we will watch uh, a small video that shows how God provided water from a rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I won't stand in your way. Oh yeah. It's coming from here. So that rock from where the water flowed, cool. So you saw the rock? That's the rock from which water flowed. So this is historically people believe that's the rock on which Moses went and struck with a staff. Now the story goes like this. When they came to the place called Rephidim, there was no water. And they all complained to Moses very bitterly. Why did he bring us from Egypt? To kill us in the wilderness, to kill us and our cattle, and our children, without water. Is this why you brought us from Egypt? I tell you, this is one of the main complaints of every Christian. And when they go through problem, they turn to God and complain bitterly. This is one of the things we have to overcome. And Mo- Moses was um, afraid, because the people wanted to stone him. You brought us, there's no water here. And they think nearly for five days they did not have water. And then... When Moses went to the Lord and cried out, the glory of God appeared to him. And he said, go take your elders and take the staff which you are used to strike Nile, Nile River. Because that staff, God had done many miracles through the staff. So he said, take the staff and go with the elders to the rock I will show you. I will stand on the rock and there you come and hit with the staff, the rock, and water will flow for you. So when you saw that video, there was a small, that rock, there's the small, two small things. Probably they were like, like a stool for Moses to stand. When the water comes out of it, he will be still safely standing on the, uh, on the little, little place. And uh, I, have, I have seen closer pictures of it before. You can see stone eroded by the flow of water. Right now there's no water there, but that, that was where... That is from where God let water come out from a rock. Now, what is interesting here is, that rock, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. That rock was Christ. That's amazing, isn't it? Whatever you are going through, situation, difficult situation, who is following you? Christ is following you. But you must be willing to receive and see the provision that God, un- unless God opens your eyes, you cannot see the provision. And when God opens your eyes, then that rock will become your source of refreshing. That rock will become a, a point that will feed you. And it is, the, uh, the, Paul says, after thousands of years, he says, they drank from the rock. Now, what's interesting here is, Moses was told that the Lord will stand on the rock. That means he will, there are so many rocks all around, so many hills and mountains everywhere. But water is not in every rock. God will stand on the rock. And when he stood there, Moses went up there, and he took the staff and hit it. Can you break a stone with a piece of wood? I would challenge you, even if you go with a crowbar, you will not be able to make a dent in the rock. So it has to be supernatural. It has to be supernatural. That hitting with the staff is only symbolic action. It is God who splits the rock and makes the water flow out of it. So another thing here is, they had this experience of running out of water twice. Once at Rephidim, another place in another place called Horeb, I think. And both the times, God instructed Moses what to do. In the first instance, he said, strike the rock. In the second inst- in the instance, he said, speak to the rock. What did he say? Hitting the with a staff makes some sense. But speaking to the rock, does it make sense? <laughs> what will happen if you speak to a rock? Can it split and water come out? But that's what God told him to do. But interestingly, what Moses did was, instead of speaking to the rock, he was angry with the Israelites. And what did he say? You guys, do you want me to bring water from this rock? Do you want us to bring water from this rock for you? He took the staff, hit it twice, not once, twice. And God said, you dishonored me before the people of children of Israel. Because of this, you will not enter into the promised land. You will not enter into the promised land. The rock needs to be hit only once. The first time God said, hit the rock with the staff. It's Christ who is going to be crucified once for all. Every blessing is going to come from the cross every time now, not because you have to strike him again, but you have to speak to him now by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I can feel the Holy Spirit here right now. Every situation, you don't need to be upset about any situation. Whatever situation you have, you look to the cross and say, Lord, you died for me. There is provision in that crucifixion. There is provision. It is sin, forgiveness is available. If it is sickness, healing is available. If it is a financial situation, solution is available. There is every spiritual blessing from the cross. You need to look to the cross and speak to the cross and the solution will come. Does it make sense? Moses lost it and he took the staff and hit it twice and God said I'm not happy with what you did. <clears throat> so many times we are all little Moses, we are angry with the situation. We want to take a staff, not beat it twice, we, we just hit, try to hit God several times in our anger. Where, where are you? Why am I going through it? What are you doing? Don't you see what is happening to me? I tell you, God is not pleased with those kind of faith. God is pleased with you. Trust Him and humble yourself before Him and speak to Him. And He will provide. He will bring the solution. This is what we need to learn. So during the tabernacle, the festival of Tabernacles, they will dwell in those tabernacles, but bring the water from the you know in a golden pitcher, carry it through the streets, bring it to the temple, pour it out there as an offering to God, and offer sacrifices and rejoice in God for what he has done. On the eighth day, no water will be brought. It's a holy day, declared a holy day. They will offer sacrifices. There will be uh, rams and then the goat and the sheep and everything is offered. And it's a holy day. No work to be done on that day. Why? Because Christ has already done it. It symbolizes the finished work of Christ. He has done everything. You don't need to work hard anymore because Christ has accomplished everything that you need in life. That is symbolic on the eighth day. And on that day, or the seventh day, I don't know exactly which day, but Jesus stood up, and he cried out. The Bible does not say he spoke, he said. He stood in a loud voice. He shouted from the depth of his heart, and said, what did he say? If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Another translation says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Another translation is, "Out of the innermost being, rivers of living water will flow." The question today is, my friends, brothers, and sisters, do you have this experience of the living water flowing out of your belly? Do you have this experience of living water bubbling out of your inner being, in your own innermost innermost being? Is the Holy Spirit flowing through you? If He has to flow through you, first you must receive Him. If you do not have him, you cannot do it. You cannot produce the springs of living water will not come out of you if you don't have it. But if you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. When you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. But it is not just enough. You need an extra different way. The Holy Spirit has to come with power into your life and then that is called baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. They were all baptized in the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. And then, when they afterwards their life has completely changed, and then the rest of the book of Acts is the river of living water bubbling out of them. That is through Peter, through Paul, through Barnabas, through every apostle, through Philip, through whoever has done anything in that book. You see them written, uh, you read their written about them. It is all that river that is flowing from them. How it flowed through them, that's what we are going to see. <clears throat> So, in Numbers 20, Numbers 20, verse 11, Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out of abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. The point here is, how do we connect this living waters with healing? What does a living water do? Everything you need comes from the living water. Living, what has two qualities? One, it will first satisfy you. Secondly, it will become, it will satisfy others through you. Now, Jesus gave this revelation through uh, by, by, when he talked to a woman at the well in Samaria. Samaritan woman. I'm looking for the scripture. Before I go into that, I'll read these things for you. How uh, during the seven days of the feast. The priest will read from the Old Testament, different portions. One of the main scriptures that he reads is Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. He will read it to the people. And when they pour out the water in the temple. That is symbolic of what Christ wants to do. What he has done already. It's symbolic of how what Christ has done. You will draw from what Christ has done. You will draw water from the wells of salvation if you have received salvation you have been saved if you believe in jesus the well is in you now but the question is is the well dry or is it bubbling and overflowing that's the question if, you, if it is dry you can today you can ask jesus lord forgive me cleanse me come into my heart put this well inside me this spring inside me let it bubble let it let the rivers of living flow out of me you can cry out and the Holy Spirit can touch you and change you today. Expect it, we are going to pray for you, those who want to receive that kind of a touch at the end of the message. Zechariah chapter 14 verse eight, on that day living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half of it east to the Dead Sea, and half of it west to the Mediterranean Sea, in summer and in winter. Observe the words living water. Why do I have to, why am I asking you to observe? In John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, <clears throat> verse 38, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, that's a big question mark. Where did scripture say these words? In the Bible, you do not have verbatim. That is word to word. There's no Old Testament reference where it says, living water will flow out of your belly within you. Know where it says but the sense is communicated in several verses in the old testament and zechariah 48 says living water will flow out of from the jerusalem and isaiah says you will draw waters from him isaiah chapter 44 verse 3 for i will pour out on the thirsty land and streams of, on the dry ground i will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants Is it not something similar to what Joel says in in, in the prophecy? But this revelation Jesus gave, not to a Jewish lady, not to a Jewish rabbi or to a high priest or anyone, but he gave the revelation to a woman of Samaria who is not even a Jewish. He he lands there at the well, in the middle of the the, heat, and that is the time people don't come to draw water. They will come to draw water either in the morning when it's cool or in the evening when it's again cool. During the day no one comes to draw water. But this woman came to draw water in the middle of the afternoon, that afternoon when the sun is at the highest heat. And Jesus says, give me a drink. You can read all that in John chapter 4. I will not repeat the story. But what he said to her is, give me a drink. He says, you are a Jewish man, how can you ask me for a drink? He said, if you know who it is that is asking you for a drink, you will ask him for a drink, and he will give you a drink. And that drink will become a living water inside you, bubbling up like a river. He said, you do not have bucket, you do not have rope. How are you going to draw this water from such a deep well? Are you greater than our um, um, forefather, uh, J- Jacob? And then he, he she goes on to some spiritual talk. But in that context, Messiah will come, she says. He says, "He who is speaking to you, I, I am the one who is speaking to you." So he gave the revel: he is the Messiah to this woman who was not even looking for it. And to him, to her, he promised, "If you believe in this Messiah, rivers of living water will bubble out of your inner being." What a great teaching, what a great revelation to somebody who was not even looking for it. Because when he says, if you know who is speaking to you, you will ask him for this water, and he will give it to you. And she she says, oh, you don't have a bucket, you don't have a rope, how are you going to give? That means she didn't understand what he's talking. She didn't even understand what he's talking about. But to her, he gave the revelation. So sometimes we may not be looking for it, but God's revelation will come at a time when you're not looking for it. And Jesus also talked about this Holy Spirit. And uh, in this verse it says, As the scripture has said, streams of living water flow from within. Verse 38, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But when Jesus is crucified, when he is buried, when he is lifted up, when he when he rises from the dead, when he is lifted up and glorified to the second right hand side of the Father, he is going to pour out the Holy Spirit. That's what has happened on the day of Pentecost. Before that, Jesus did speak about it in John chapter 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, helper, to help you and to be with you forever. This is the Holy Spirit. And then John chapter 16, verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. The helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So who sends the Holy Spirit to us? It's Jesus. If he has already ascended, and he is now seated by the right hand of the Father, on the day of Pentecost, he poured out the Holy Spirit. So from that day, in a new dispensation, in a new way, the Holy Spirit has been in this world, in relationship with the church and the world, in a new way. So you do not have to ask, Holy Spirit, come down, Holy Spirit, come down. We may use those words ignorantly, sometimes we know it, but we are longing for a fresh or a a tangible uh, manifestation of the Holy Spirit, we have cry out like that. But He is here already. You need to just receive Him. He is in this world already. You just have to receive Him. Every time in the scripture, when you see in the book of Acts, the apostles, when they meet the people, they ask Him, ask the people, Have you received the Holy Spirit? What's the question they ask? Have you received the Holy Spirit? That means you are not going to cry and ask God, come down. You are not saying, he is already there. You just have to receive him. If you receive him, he will become a spring bubbling into eternal life. He will become a spring bubbling into uh, like a river of living water. So what is this living water business is all about? When you see in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, there the, the prophet Ezekiel was taken in the spirit to Jerusalem. There he will see water trickling down from the south side of the temple. And then the angel has a measuring uh, rod. He measures thousand times with the measuring rod. And then the prophet was taken to there. This was, first it was a trickle. Just drop by drop was falling down. Very tiny, tiny flow. But after a thousand measures of the measures, the prophet was able to feel the water up to ankle deep. Then the angel took the measuring rod, measured again a thousand measures. And the prophet walked in. The water came up to the knee. Again another thousand measures. The water came up to the waist. And another thousand measures. It was overflowing. He cannot stand anymore on his feet. He had to swim. It was so deep. Every river begins with a trickle. Every river begins with a Its beginning is very, very small. Go to the head of the river, where it begins its journey. It's always a small place. It may be from a hill, there's a small stream falling down. But as you follow it down, there comes a time when you will have to build a big bridge, two kilometers, two miles long, 20 miles long is the width of the river. Every river begins small. The question is, what is your experience? What is your experience with the Holy Spirit? The prophet Ezekiel's experience was, initially it was a trickle. Then he saw ankle deep. Then he saw knee deep. And then waist deep. And then more than the uh, neck. He had to swim. He cannot walk. He cannot stand in the uh, touching the ground anymore. It was deeper and deeper and deeper, Wider and deeper. Is your experience of the Holy Spirit increasingly Growing in your life, or is it remaining a trickle? Is it remaining a trickle, or is it becoming increasingly deeper and deeper with the Holy Spirit? Today, I want you to receive this Holy Spirit in a greater measure, increasing measure. I, I decree that what has begun at your salvation as a trickle will lead you into ankle deep. Knee deep, waist deep, at a time when you will swim in the Holy Spirit. Increasingly, I want you to experience the Holy Spirit in this way. This is what Jesus promised. If anyone is thirsty, the first quality is, anyone. Who is anyone? Say, I am anyone. (laughs) Who is anyone? If you are anyone, what do you have to do? Must be thirsty. That's the qualification. If you don't have thirst for God, you cannot experience God. You must have thirst for God. When you are thirsty, your thirst will be quenched. If you do not, if you are not thirsty, why will you drink water? So first, you must be thirsty. Second qualification there here is let him come to me. Where should they go? Come to? Jesus you must be thirsty then you must come to you must come to Jesus. then what happens if you come to Jesus? See sometimes people can be thirsty but may not be coming to Jesus. You can go to Buddha, you can go to Muslim I mean, Allah you can go to anybody that thirst will not be quenched. There's only one place, Jesus Christ. He can quench your thirst no other, no other philosophy. No other system is going to quench the thirst. And then what you must do? And drink. Sometimes you can come to church, but may not drink. Is it possible? There are people who go to church for 10 years, 20 years, that they don't know Jesus as their personal savior. They just, for them, it's just a Christianity is a religion. But that's not what God intends. God wants it to be a relationship. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be with you in every situation of your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to split the rock for you when you need it to, th- to quench your thirst. He wants to do a miracle in your life. But the question is, you have to drink. If you don't drink, you will not benefit it. You can come to church, but if you don't drink from Jesus, then your thirst will not be quenched. Then next, whoever believes in me, so what is this coming, what is this drinking mean? It is believing in him. When you believe in him, all the words are correctly falling in the right place. You are coming to him, you are drinking from him, that's what believing in him, him means. When you believe in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Streams of living water, it's not trickle, it's not jugful. Streams, it will never end which will never, never end. As it goes, as the time passes, as you walk along, it will become broader and wider, broader and wider and deeper. And that should be the Christian life. That should be the Christian life. So this is what again, Joel also prophesied in chapter 2, verse 28. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So that is fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. But the question here is again, living water will flow from within him. But the question I want to ask is, this is talked about the Holy Spirit who was not yet given. That's what verse 38 says. By this he meant the spirit. Whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But now Jesus has been glorified. On the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit has come. Everybody who believes will receive this. Definitely will receive it. The question is, where are we now? Is it increasing? Remaining a trickle? Just a very, very little one. So if you decide today, then you need to do something about it. Believe him first. Receive him, and then this, this will begin to flow, and walk with him, and walk with him. And it will keep on increasing day after day after day. What is the proof of this? How do you know that this really works? That's the next question. When you look at the story in Acts chapter three, when Peter and John came to the layman, he was sitting at a gate called Beautiful, that was leading to the temple, those people who are going to the temple, by the way, he would look to them and ask for alms. He was a beggar. Why? He was born lame, and people would carry him and put him in that place every day. And whoever is passing by, he would ask for money. When Peter and John walked past, pa- passing that way, you know, I always remember when I when I was meditating on this verse one day, the Lord spoke to me. He said, "Did Jesus pass by that road before? Possible or not?" He went to the temple several times. He would have passed by that place. Was the man who was born lame sitting there at that place? Yes or no? But did Jesus heal him? Probably he did never. When Jesus passed by, a lot of crowds were there and he never had an opportunity to reach out to Jesus. Or he did not say, Jesus, give me some money. Probably he would have said, shut up you don't need money you need to walk get up and stand he would have said it or jesus would have stopped there and said a day i see in the future when my servant peter and john will servants peter and john will be walking here this miracle is going to happen so i'm not going to do it today he'll walk away there he'll walk away there and jesus saw he left it for peter and john and when peter looked at him he said silver and gold i don't have but such as I have, I give unto you. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He spoke. And second thing he did, he gave his hand, lifted him up. And immediately sprang up and started jumping and walking around. Born without proper legs. Lame from birth. The miracle happened. This is the proof of the spring that is within Peter and John. springing up to eternal life not only for yourself, for other people. How does it happen? You speak the word by faith. You speak the word by faith. That's the first step. Second thing, Mark chapter 16 says, lay hands on the sick, they shall be healed. Did not say lay hand on the sick and pray. Just say lay hand on the sick, they shall be healed. Just by touch, people can be healed. This is the healing in the new covenant. This is the healing in the new covenant. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, when that is flow is established in you, it is not a trickle anymore, it is not an ankle deep, it is not knee deep. When you are in the Holy Spirit, you are, you are swimming in the Holy Spirit. You just have to go lay hand on the person. In Jesus name, be healed. That's all. Even if you don't say anything, in your heart you say it, just touch, healing must come. Today we are going to do it. We want the whole, glory to Jesus and glory to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to After the message. I'm going to ask people who need a healing touch to come here. And then those who want to pray to come. You will not pray there. You will come and say, lay, lay your hand upon them. That's it, and walk out. And the person should be healed. Why? It's not you who, who is healing. It is Jesus who is living in you. It is the Holy Spirit who is living in you who will bring the healing. Let him loose from your spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow from your spirit. Allow Jesus to touch through you. When you lay hands, it's not you who is touching; it's Jesus who is touching the person. That is healing in the New Covenant. Paul, he was preaching. There was a guy who was lame from birth. Was more than uh, this. Uh, Peter and John when they healed that man. Was more than forty years old. And later on, they were being interrogated, being persecuted, being whipped, and all kinds of things. They said to the mother, who called the mother and said, Is this your son? Yes. And I know he is born lame. How does he walk today? He is of age. Ask him. Because she didn't want to identify herself with the apostles. If she identify herself with the apostles, they will put her out of the synagogue. So he says, Why do you ask me? Ask him, my son he is of age. He will. He will tell you. The point I'm trying to make here is, how deep is your problem? How old is your problem? How strong is your problem? It does not matter. As we are singing today, demons will flee at the mention of His name. Demons have to flee at the mention of His name. That name is not outside somewhere. It is in you today when you believe in Jesus. You have to believe that you have the fullness of God dwelling in you. You have to believe that Paul prays for the efficiency of the church, that all the fullness of God may dwell in them richly. I tell you, you have to believe that all the fullness of God dwells in you. All of Jesus, all of the Father, all of the Holy Ghost is living in you. When all of God is living in you, you lay hand upon the sick, they will be healed, because it is not you who is healing, it is Jesus who is healing them, it is the Holy Spirit who is healing them. The challenge is to grow into it. I've been a Christian for 44 years. For more than 30, 35 years, I didn't believe in healing much. I never tried to pray for healing for anyone. Until the Lord spoke to me in the year 2010 and my journey with the Holy Spirit began. And slowly and slowly I have have, uh, understood that he has given me the gift of healing. And one of the times, uh, the most remarkable time I remember still is when I went to Punjab in India. They said the meeting is in the evening seven o'clock i was ready 7 o'clock 8 o'clock 9 o'clock 10 o'clock 11 o'clock they are not calling me what is happening people are coming and they are cooking food and feeding them and after they eat they come and sit there they keep on singing and then there were 500 people 1000 people 2000 people they came after 12 o'clock they give me now you can preach i said no oh, <laughs> this is not a time to preach at 12 o'clock you know so i preached a very short message 20 minutes and I prayed to God. I said, Lord, show me something that you want to do in this place. And what God showed me there's somebody who cannot break the bread with one hand. You know, the flat bread that the Indians eat. They don't use two hands to tear it. In the plate, you'll use one hand. With that, you tear the roti. And then you take some curry and eat. Its children or those who cannot, they will use two hands to rip apart and then take a piece and eat. So I said, there's somebody here who cannot use their hand to break the bread. From distance, one old lady started walking. She must be in her 80s or 90s with a stick. And I had this cord like this. I cannot go to her. So I had to wait until she came. I prayed for her. Now I said, you test your hand. And she lifted her hand and then was able to move her hand freely. And people started clapping. They must have known this old lady and they knew she had the problem. And God did a miracle for them. So I said, oh God, this is awesome. Now there are so many people, 2,000 people. What am I going to do with this 2,000? If I keep praying for each one, it will be morning before I finish with the last person. So I said, standing there, whoever has problem, stand up. Any pain in your body, any disease, you stand up. A lot of people stood up. I prayed one single prayer. Holy Spirit, come and touch them. Heal them, deliver them, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then I said, now move your body part that you cannot move. Whatever you could not do before, try doing it. I gave them two minutes. And I said, now if you think you received your healing, raise your hand. So many people raised their hand. Standing there, I said, do I feel anything in myself? Do I feel Holy Spirit? Do I feel heat? Do I feel cold? Nothing. I felt nothing. The song says, He is working even when you're not feeling it. He works even when you don't feel it. I tell you, that song is a very meaningful song. So, I said, God, this is you who are doing it. I feel nothing. But in the name of Jesus the power. That is the lesson I learned. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Every time you put that name on test, it will pass. It will pass. Not because of you, because there is power in that name of Jesus. There is healing through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, richly, healing will come. Healing will come. So what happens here when we see this Holy Spirit, how do you receive it? Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. I was speaking to a friend of mine, and he said, when I discussed about the Holy Spirit things, and he said about uh, uh, the Samaritan woman, Jesus revealed himself to a Samaritan woman, not to a Jewish man, rabbi, or anyone. Why? God knows. The future of the gospel is Gentiles coming to know God first. All over the world, every nation, you have everybody who is white, black, yellow, whatever is your skin color, doesn't matter. You are a Gentile. You are only one class Gentile. And the gospel first comes there because Jewish people rejected it. But once the gospel has gone around the world, then Jewish people also will repent. They will receive Messiah. And then the second coming will come. Jesus will come again a second time. but Sorry, I'm diverting to different things. But how do you receive the Holy Spirit? It's by faith. So how, first, the, the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. By faith we receive the promise of the Spirit. So it is not by works. Just like you receive a salvation by faith, you receive the Holy Spirit by faith. Just like you receive salvation by faith, receive the Holy Spirit by faith. And then, what can stop this mighty rushing living water? So many Christians are living weak as weak Christians. Any test, any temptation, you know, can just snub whatever is in that person. I see people losing their eternal life by compromising with the things of the world. I see many people, they just lose their salvation. They are not having either they're about to money, are they about to power, are they about to sex. These are three powerful forces that are acting upon every individual. When we say no to these three, then you walk in the spirit. When you walk in the spirit, you will say no to them actually. When you walk in the spirit, you say no to them. These three places, when you can stand, remain pure in these three areas, the Spirit of God will rest upon you in a mighty way. In a mighty way. It will not be a trickle. It will not be ankle-deep. It will not be knee-deep. It will not be waist-deep. You will be swimming in the Holy Spirit. The price you pay is say no to temptation. Say no to the world. To lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. When you say no to them, you will increase in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a place for discipleship. You have to take up the cross and follow him. It's not automatic. Many people, they hear the teaching on healing. They, When they understand it, they think, now I am ready to go and pray for healing for people. Go lay hand on the people, do everything, nothing happens. Why? You need to have him more in your own spirit first before you lay hand on somebody. You need to have the assurance that he is there in you. Many Christians don't even know the Holy Spirit is living in them. First, you have to know He is living in you. Second, you need to be sensitive to Him. You have to host Him. You have to, you have to uh, walk in sync with Him. You have to walk in step with Him. And then, you say, now Lord, I am your son. I am your daughter. Because you are living in me. I release that anointing of the Holy Spirit. Right now by faith. And lay hand on the person. He will be healed. It's a mental process, a spiritual process. It doesn't happen in a day, but it does happen. When the Holy Spirit comes on, it happens. Many people's lives change in one moment. When the Holy Spirit struck them down, they fell on the ground by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to them, and their life is changed from that moment. From the moment that they are changed. So many times people think they ask me, what happens when people fall down? Why should they fall down? It's not that they want to fall down; not that we want to push them. It is the Holy Spirit when he comes with power, that person falls down. What is happening is that impartation of the Holy Spirit is happening. But they get up and walk away as if nothing happened to them. When you realize that the Holy Spirit has come into you, has taken over your spirit and your soul and your body, then begin to partner with him. Appreciate it. Thank him. God, I thank you for you filled me. Thank you, knocked me down to the ground. I thank you very much. I know you have touched me. Now let me walk, in the, be full of you. I want to be full of you. I want to flow through me. Let this river begin to flow through me. Blessing many people. And when you yield to him, he'll begin to bless you. He'll begin to use you. So the question here is, what can stop it? Nothing. What can stop this mighty rushing living water? Look into the lives of Stephen, Peter, and Paul. No amount of stoning, flogging, crucifixion, or beheading has done anything at all to stop this river. Were people beheaded? Yes. Were they flogged? Yes. Were they stoned? Yes. Has the river stopped? No. What happens in your personal life will not stop this Holy Spirit from flowing through you. Let's pray. So I want to call for different times, different kinds of people. For prayer. First, I want to pray for those who want to receive the touch of the Holy Spirit, those who want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, those who want to receive that gift of speaking in tongues. If you never spoke in tongues, you want to receive it, come in the front first. (laughs) Reha vārāna sarasthakuruni. Reha vārāna sarasthakuruni. Reha vārāna You already receive the Holy Spirit. You sit. Korāka vārāna. Anybody else who wants to receive the Holy Spirit? Korāka vārāna mahasarasthakuruni. Shārakā vārāna sarasthakuruni. Mahasarasthakuruni. Reha vārāna Lord, I have given, I have preached, I have spoken, I have spoken the truth from your word. You confirm it now by filling your children with the Holy Spirit, Lord, they believe in you, they trust in you, and now I cover them with the precious Spirit and I ask the Holy Spirit to come. When I lay hand upon them, let Your glory come upon them. Let their glory come upon them. It is written when the apostles laid hands upon them. These people spoke in tongues and they prophesied. So I pray right now, let the same Holy Ghost come upon them. Let the same Holy Spirit come upon them. Let the same Holy Spirit come upon them. Fill them to the glory of your name. Fill them to the glory of your name. Let it become a river river out of them from the deepest innermost being. Let the rivers of living, living water flow out of them to the glory of your name. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy, Spirit, come Holy Spirit. 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 Touch your daughter now in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive the, flow, receive the flow. 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 Touch Holy Ghost. <speaking in Spanish> In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you have to believe in Jesus first. Do you believe in Jesus? Tell Jesus, Jesus, say with your mouth, Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me. Make me your daughter. Spirit of God, come upon me. Set me free. 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 Come Holy Spirit, set me free. Jesus, set me free. Fill me with your spirit. Set me free. Set me free. Set me free. Set me free. Cry out, set me free. Lord, Holy Spirit, come and set her free now. Touch in the mighty name of Jesus. We loosed, be set free, be made whole. Impart life of Christ to you in the mighty name of Jesus. I command you, devil, come out of her now. Every spirit, not of the Holy Spirit, come out now in the mighty name of Jesus. I say come out right now in Jesus mighty name. Come out. Come out. You can't hide there anymore. Come out. 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 Every spirit I command to come out. I disconnect you from her. She's a child of God, forgiven, washed in the blood of Christ. You can't be in her body anymore. I say come out in the mighty name of Jesus. Come out in Jesus mighty name. 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 Every spirit, not of the Holy Spirit, come out in the mighty name of Jesus. And invite the Holy Spirit to come invade her spirit, soul and body. Come Come Holy Ghost, 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 come Holy Ghost. Take over, take over, take over, take over. Touch now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the deep work of God that is happening in our spirit and soul and body. Thank you for bringing her into the kingdom. Bless your children today, O God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Now I call for those who want to receive healing. Whatever is the problem that you have healing, if you need healing, you can stand here and we'll ask some people to come and pray for you. Whoever wants healing, please come. Any pain in your body, any sickness... If you want healing, please come. Thank you. Those who want to pray, please come and stand this side now. Those who want to pray for these people, please come and stand here. Rab. John, you want to don't go pray? <laughs> Ali, you want to pray? Come, Ali. Don't be afraid. It's not you who is going to heal. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Each one select one. How many people you have? One, two, three, four, five. How many volunteers do we have? Four, six. Okay. You two can go for, pray for Josh. Yeah. And you can take on. You can go pray for her and you pray for uh, Lee and you pray for her. Before you lay hand, I'm going to pray first. Father in Jesus' mighty name, your children have come forward to pray. They are your children, you are living in them. Now let rivers of living water flow out of them to the glory of You. As they lay their hand upon them, let the healing come to the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now you lay your hand upon them for a second or two seconds and then walk out. Yeah, just no prayer. You release the Holy Spirit who is in you. You release the river. Release the river that's in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 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 Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the healing. Thank for the healing. Sharaka varana Reha varana Korori ka sandaraste. varana Sharaka varana Thank you for the river that's flowing into them right now. Thank you for the living waters that are flowing through your children. Thank you for the rivers that are flowing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the healing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, I'll just quickly ask what happened. What did you feel? Uh, I don't know. I just felt my legs went like tight. Like, it my legs felt tight. like tight? yeah, like I couldn't move. Well, I could, but like I just felt tight, yeah. Okay. You yeah, okay. You wanted healing for what? Ah, my knees. Knees? How are they now? They feel better. Can you sit and feel? Sit and get up. It's like a squat. <laughs> You're training <enjoying> now. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel now? Better give a clap offering to the Lord. Amen. I will do it. You came for what healing? Um, I don't feel good. You don't feel good? No. After prayer, what happened? I don't know. Something got stuck in my neck. Neck? Yeah. I'll pray for you in a second. What happened when she laid her on you? I just, I was just feeling like I'm not standing on my legs. Yeah. Legs? Like, yeah. It's like. I can feel it's like it's not a floor, it's like Mm. something. Amen, amen. Amen. It's God who is visiting you. Be faithful to Him, believe in Him, not any other thing. God will bless your life. Thank you, Jesus. So I felt a loosening in my body, and I know that John touched my shoulder, but when I opened my eyes, It still felt like John was touching my shoulder and he was away from me. And I don't know how long he touched my shoulder, but it was like this the whole way through. So, yeah, totally. Hallelujah. Yeah. What happened in prayer? I just felt uh, peace, lots of peace, like calming peace, or like being in God's presence. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Now, all of you who laid hand on the people you must know one thing what is the one thing to know that you have the holy spirit living in you that when you lay hand on somebody you are releasing the flow you're releasing the holy spirit and that brings healing and deliverance you have to increase in it it is not automatic you pay the price fasting and prayer studying the word spending time in prayer speaking in tongues an hour a day you will be different persons you will shake the city of christ church amen please go back to your seats thank you very much be seated Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.